the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, Episode 110. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Good morning. How are you? I am good. I am cozied up in... My son's teen cave. <laughs> How's that? How's that? It's, it's cozy. It's fine this morning. It's raining outside. It's storming, actually. Really? Um, and it has been. Mm-hmm. It has been kind of on and off. I mean, some people are actually kind of stormed in. We're not. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, we've experienced a lot of rain lately. But, you know, mm-hmm. makes for one of those kind of cozy days where you... Hunker down in your son's room. You're hunkered down in your son's room. <laughs> How does it, I'm going to just, not to put Max on the spot, but um, does it smell like a teenage boy's room? Because my son has, has a, smell. a smell. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, Mark, yeah. Mark always calls it that it smells like he's harvesting mushrooms. <laughs> yes. My son is masking it with some nice sage and burning that and incense. So there's a whole lot of stuff going on in his room like it's a cacophony of smell <laughs> <laughs> well burning incense that's interesting I wish I could get my my son turned on to yeah, yeah. I don't know trying to at least shift the smell a bit yeah so it's better but, than sweaty socks you know it smells better than that but um it's yeah still, still some odor yeah 16, yeah 16. yeah I mean it helps when I wash his sheets and uh-huh. I've recently done that. So that, that helps. That helps. Sure. The, yeah. The lingering smell. Sweet little 16 year old boys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I have questions for you because I know it was a really big week at the Met Gala. Oh yes. Okay. So this is, is this like a high holy day for you, Sandra? I enjoy me some Met Gala. Yes. I love the, the last few years, the themes have been pretty outrageous too. So what was the theme? What was the theme this year? This year it was camp. Okay. So what does that mean? Cause I was looking at the photos and I was like, what does that mean? Well, like campy means, or they get to yeah, campy. And they all interpret it how they want. And some people still, I mean, it's still high fashion, right? So you can't be, you know, I mean, I don't really know what true camp is. You know, probably you would have to ask a a drag queen, you know, (laughs) because they probably do camp the best. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I'm thinking like khakis and like really camping. That's not what they're talking about. No, 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 no. Like uh, uh, there was a really good article that I I wish I would have already read it, but it came out in the Times um, in the style section, of course, on Sunday, and I haven't read it yet. But it riffs on the on the idea of camp. And then I think, um, oh, who? Uh, 
um, Susan Sontag, I think wrote, um, now I'm going to have to look it up, wrote uh, an, an essay about the meaning of, yeah, notes on camp. Okay. Um, and I I'll think that, it yeah, it was from 1964. Oh, wow. And uh, so a lot of you know, a lot of attendees. Well, I wouldn't say a lot. I think Lena Dunham obviously read it because she's a reader and Mm -hmm. (laughs) she mentioned it on her Instagram stories, I think. But yeah, yeah. So um, Susan Sontag wrote an essay about camp. Yeah. From 1964. I think some people kind of went off that. Okay. I'll have to look that up. Did you, I I know I tagged you, Macklemore's um, coat. Right. (laughs) Right. You, which he's camp. He's campy all day. Right. Yeah, for sure. I love when he goes to truck stops and gets like his fashion on at uh-huh. the truck stop and just like Instagrams it. And I was like, you know, he's coming home with all kinds of junk from a, from a truck stop store. And his wife is like, what, what are you doing? Right. What's happening right. Here? He's living camp. <laughs> he's living camp. Did you have any favorites? Did I have, you know, I really, um, I did love, uh, uh, Lena Dunham and Jemima Kirk's little duo ensemble that they wore it was really very campy, but very fashionable. They're it's so cute. They did it. They totally did it. They did I it. love how they love each other. I know. And they're like the sweetest friends. And, and did you see when like Lena put her phone number on Instagram or something recently? And then all these people were calling her, Jemima. Yeah. And Jemima didn't even get mad. She's like, oh, I've had that number for a while. I need to change it anyway. <laughs> like, I'm like, what a good friend. Like, not pissed off at her friend. Just like, and Lena's over a year sober. I know. I know. Um, let's add her to our list. We should add our her dream. to our list. We should. Yeah. I, I do love her. I love both of them. Yeah. They're just smart and so funny and don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. And, um, but they got totally into their characters too. It was, they were very cute. I could have looked at their pictures all day. Well, I think I, did I text or call you one day in the last couple of weeks and you're, I said, are you busy? And you said, you said something to the effect, correct me. Like, I'm just looking at the Vogue. Um, oh, what are you looking at? <laughs> I was looking at, uh, I was looking at, um, at the Dior um, resort collection. Yeah. Like, are, you, are you busy Sunday? You're like, well, well, I mean, I'm just looking at the Dior collection. I was like, of course you are. I love it. I love it. That's why I love having you as my friend. You're my, I don't know if I'm your Lena Jemima or you're my Jemima Lena. I don't know. That's, I love it. I love yeah. It. I love that we're same and different. <laughs> oh, so let's see. Um, you started doing your course, right? Your, I mean, your. I started um, this week. Mentoring. Yeah, yeah. How's it going? Uh, love it. Love it. Tell the listeners. I'm sorry, I didn't do a really good intro to that. Tell the no, listeners okay. what I'm talking about. So, I have started off an offering of one-on-one mentoring, um, a um, one-on-one mentoring experience with me. They go in four week blocks. Uh, There's no other way to set it up except month to month. Although I do have somebody starting, um, at the mid month. So like before June and I have some flexibility, but it's a time, it's a four week block to work with me on, um, where I help you and guide you 
coach you, cheer you on, to bring sort of a creative idea um, to a, a more tangible thing. And um, I have two clients uh, that started this week and yeah, I had my first calls yesterday and it was Aww. really cool. Um, they're both working on really awesome things and Excellent. Yeah, I don't know if they'll have a, you know, completed website by the time we're done, but that would be cool. Right. It, yeah, if they at least had uh, the first page. And awesome. but it's also, you know, doing the 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 work underneath the work, which yes. is the most important part, kind of breaking through the fears and all those things that you know, hold us back and keep us from doing the thing we want to do. And that's never ending that work, right? Like that's no, just, a, it really just is. kind of chipping away <laughs> and doing the thing and doing it again and getting that muscle memory and, you know, cause the inner critic comes back and yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Anytime you, you d- take on anything new, I think. Well, good for you for taking this on. This is new for you too. So I'm excited. It is. I'm having to practice what I preach for sure. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So how do people sign up? You can go to my website, theunruffle.com. There is a bar on the top that says change your story. I don't think, I think the verbiage or the copy still says may, but you can sign up anytime because we'll, we'll just talk about when we want to start. So, um, when you sign up, you really just pay for the four week block. I send you a little intake form sort of questionnaire, and then we can set up a time to, to start. Perfect. And your website is? TheUnruffled.com. Perfect. Yeah. What about you? Uh, What about Shine? um, I'm launching Shine on June 3rd. I have a few people signed up. I would love to have more people signed up. Um, But it's just a creative online workshop for the curious beginner. We're going to, I'm going to center it around um, creating an accountability project, which is going to be a ray of light. We talk about story, who do you think you are, um, rituals, routines, um, <clears throat> humble tools, accountability, all that kind of stuff. So if anyone's interested or has questions, you can check out my website, TammySolace.com. You can find out more information there or send me a DM on Instagram, which is Tammy Solace, um, or Facebook. So, it sounds yeah. super fun. The funnest part of it sounds like the the weekend sort of Oh, the Q&A. Yeah, yeah. So we'll meet on Mondays and have Zoom calls and those will be recorded. But I'm going to do a live workshop Q&A kind of, um, yeah, in real time. And just people can pop on and say, hey, like just simple stuff. What I found when I took workshops or when I was doing online things, what I liked is that um, they would tell me like their secrets. (laughs) Like I use this, like I said, glue is like this huge thing for me. I'm always on the hunt for the glue, the adhesives. I'm always on the hunt for good tape um, to do lines and it doesn't rip off the acrylic. You know, I've done this so many times. I have a little toolbox of tools that can help people make a ray of light with not a whole bunch of problems. Right. So it's like, yeah, like you get to exchange tips and tools and that kind of thing. And yeah, I was, um, one of my clients, we were talking about, you know, there's some things that you just have to, it's easier to show than to tell. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I haven't been inclined to want to do a pre-recorded video. Um, I think there's plenty of things out there to do that. You know, what I think I like is kind of the connection 
with people like, you know, like you're saying, you're having these one-on-ones with people, like having that time to kind of see them face to face through a zoom call and talk and show them be actually in my studio and I can show them. So I think that'll be a fun part of it. So it's $222. It's five weeks long. You get like 10 zoom calls with me. It's like 20 bucks a call. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're interested, you can sign up. It starts June 3rd and we'll see how it goes. Very fun. Goes. Okay. So should we talk about what we're going to talk about today? Yeah. Speaking yeah. of tools and tips. <laughs> I think this is going to be a super fun episode for our listeners. Um, I would recommend that they get um, something to write. If they're not driving, get a notebook, get your favorite pen and get ready to write down some really awesome things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, at the end of every show, we share tools or the guest shares tools in their toolbox. And, um, from what we hear, it's like one of the favorite parts of the show. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got a comment in our secret Facebook group, which if you're interested in joining our secret Facebook group, you can send Sandra or myself a message on Facebook. You'll need to friend us and send us a DM and saying, please add me to your podcast Facebook group. And it's secret and we will, and it's not searchable on, um, nobody can search for you in there. It's private. Um, but we got a comment on there about instant gratification and sober treats. And, um, I'm going to read a little bit of it, Sandra, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, this, this person said, you know, we live in a world of continual consumption and I feel sometimes when we look for replacements for alcohol, we look um, towards things that involve spending money. And not everyone can afford the luxury of replacing wine with a manicure or a massage, which I think is so true, right? It doesn't have to be self-care sometimes can get this um, price tag with it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You can be in, and it feels indulgent and there's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. but um, there's other ways to indulge. Yeah. And her comment was that maybe, um, you know, some of us may have become isolated during this time when you first quit drinking and you don't even feel like you have someone that you could ask for um, a hug, you know, so how can we, how can we get self-care? How can we um, have some sober treats that don't involve maybe another person physically touching you or, um, or cost anything? Um, What do you do if you want to look beyond spending money and instead find a way of getting that dopamine hit without opening your wallet or reaching for social media. Does anyone have any tips um, for free of charge, instant gratification, sober treats? We got a Such lot a of good, responses. We got a lot of responses. Yeah. So I think this is going to be fun. I jotted down. I got at least 50. There are a few. Um, I know she said reaching for social media. There are a few on there that I that I see that are social media, but only like two. We have like 50 plus things that we got Mm -hmm. to go off of. So we're going to kind of go through them, riff on a couple of them, um, expand on some, maybe not on others, but we're just going to go through it and see and and let you guys just kind of hear all of these ideas. Yeah, right. So get, like Tammy said, get me, I want to get a pen or just re-listen to this. Also, another good idea that somebody posted was, um, and they had, seen this idea on um, Instagram, I think, where you take all these little tips and you write them on a piece of paper and you put them in a jar. So on those days, you're feeling a little like, I need a hit of something, you know, mm-hmm. um, you can just reach in the, reach your hand in the little jar and pull something out. See what it looks like. A, it's like a double dopamine hit. 
Surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so I don't necessarily do all of these things, which is the great thing. Cause I was like, Oh, there's so many good ideas here that, that sparked my interest as well. Um, and the first one I, that came up was breath work. Yeah. Do you do breath work? You know, when I, again, it's one of those things when I think about it, I do actually. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's some easy things you can do. Like there's that, see, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but I think Hmm. it's four, seven, eight breathing. Have you ever heard that? Four, seven, eight. It was one of the comments. Yeah, go ahead. Four, seven, eight breathing. So you inhale for a count of four, you hold it for a count of seven, and then you exhale for a count of eight. And honestly, you could make up your own numbers. Nobody's nobody's going to tell you how to do it. There's no breath police. (laughs) There's no breath police. No one's Uh going to come out from behind the curtain and say, surprise, (laughs) you're doing it wrong. Um, uh, no. So count, make it your own count, however you want to count it. But yeah, I think it's just, um, it, it forces you obviously to sit there and concentrate on your breath. So yeah. whatever your count is, it's it's all working. Yeah. And there was a comment about breath of fire. And I learned about breath of fire when I was doing hip sobriety school with Holly and someone said you could Google breath of fire and it would show you how to do it. So I you know can, it's <clears throat> it is. So, um, right. So Guru Jagat talks about breath of fire in her book, Invincible living. Um, Invincible living, right? She gives a really, um, like almost a little tutorial. But yeah, if you're one of those kind of people that needs show, don't tell. uh, Yeah, there's lots of videos. I think Gabby Bernstein has a video of how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one. Yeah, that's just one. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Um, The other one was kind of more vague. So second one was creative outlets. Um, find your thing, like yeah. find, whatever that is, could be That's why we started this podcast yes. to offer ideas for creative outlets. Yeah. So it could be anything, visual arts, culinary arts. Um, it could be whatever. I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. So, yeah. Needlepoint, crochet, you know, like lap work, like anything you can do in your lap on the couch. Just find something that maybe you did as a kid, or maybe you did, you know, that in your early twenties that you let go of because you got drinking. Like I, (laughs) you know, I dabbled in a lot of things in my twenties and then kind of let them go and they've come back, you know? So Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. find a creative outlet was a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so, this forest bathing, someone put a comment. What is that? Okay. Well, that's like a new sort of hip way to say, take a walk in the woods. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. (laughs) I don't know who, who dubbed it forest bathing. It's kind of, I feel, I feel sort of like a gnome calling it that, um, like a little forest fairy, which is sometimes that's the way you want to feel, but really it's just, you know, take a walk in the woods, get outside, be in nature. Okay. I get it. Even if you live in the city, I think just, you know, if you have any sort of path where you can get amongst the trees. Yeah. So that kind of goes, there's other ones down the list. Just get outside, get in nature, just kind of exactly get, get yourself out of your house, especially mm-hmm. if you're feeling itchy or twitchy at witching hour or something. Right, right. Okay. It's that, it's that saying, you know, move a muscle, change a mood. Okay. However you move your muscles, 
getting outside is can be a really good reset. I mean, it's one that I use constantly. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Um, Volunteering service work was another recommendation. Yeah. I think it's so important, Sandra. I mean, it sounds a little, I do service work (laughs) or I volunteer, but it really gets you out of yourself. It's so key to my sobriety. It, it, it really is. And it, you don't have to have like a Mother Teresa moment or anything right. at all. It doesn't have to be like that. You can just, um, oh, call somebody on the phone that you know is maybe needs a friend that week. Yeah. Or it can be really simple things. Yeah. I um, I think that what, what was the saying? Um to have some self-esteem, you do esteemable acts. Mm-hmm. And I think to, to kind of build up my self-worth and my self-esteem, like doing service and doing service without telling anybody about it, it's pretty awesome. You know? Like just kind of doing it for yourself. Yes. Right. Because it gets into, it can get into that territory of, well, and you can overthink anything. It's like, am I doing this to feed my ego? Because I am, you know, such a, I am Mother Teresa, or am I doing it because I, you know, out of humility and I, right. Don't, don't overthink it. Just do it. Just do it. Even if it's just picking up trash. I pick up cigarettes in the, see, I'm telling somebody about it. I pick up cigarettes in the parking lot of my morning meeting. Um, I don't smoke and, um, but it's something I can do. That's, I don't have to talk to anybody. Right. (laughs) Just go do it. It takes me three minutes and then I leave. So it's like just doing something to get out of yourself, to help yourself. Like I'm helping clean up a parking lot, big deal, you know, but it makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. It works. Right. It works. Right. Um, I think this next one should be yours. Is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Library visits. That's mm-hmm. my, that's my favorite dopamine hit of almost all of them <laughs> because, you know, you can just go get all the books. Yeah. For free. <laughs> For free. Again, these are free things. So this is what's so key. The library feels like you've hit the lotto. It really does. It feels like an Amazon splurge for me. It really <laughs> yeah. does. And it also really that you does. can like research stuff that you have, like, you know, you don't have to commit to anything. You can just be like, I'm going to look up orchids today. It's just, I, you know, the poetry section of my, I'm, I don't buy a lot of poetry books until I know I'm really into it, into them. Mm-hmm. So I could spend forever in the poetry section of my library and checking out books. And I did, um, the summer after I got sober, I would get like almost every book in that section until I found one that resonated with me. Right. Yeah. Right. I can be that way, uh, with books about writing and, and, uh, Exactly. You know, there's some that I'll read and go, oh, I need to own this so that I can like mark it up. Yeah. But, um, but until then, nah, you know, I'm good. I own plenty of books, so there's not any shortage here. Yeah. And I mean, and you can just get crazy. You can, it's one of those things where you can overindulge and not feel guilty at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, maybe you got too many books. Oh, well, <laughs> so, right. that's, that's an okay problem to have, right? Yeah. 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 Because you know, you just, it, and, if, and if you take them back without reading them, yeah. don't feel a single bit of any, any remorse over that. No guilt, no, <laughs> no guilt over that. 
I have a mobile library that comes um, the first and the third Wednesday of every month that um, we've been going to since Grady has been in kindergarten. So good, uh, what, 11 years. So we know the librarians and they have the best stuff. And it's just this little mobile library that comes and it's like, it was the highlight of my um, week when I would go when Grady was little because you could just, it was, it was also a social gathering. So the library yeah. and falling down rabbit holes in the library, documentaries, um, you could just try anything on for size, which going and getting out of your house again, out of your head is it's key. Mm-hmm. It's really key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to mention real quick too. Yeah. You don't, our library that's the closest to me in proximity is a fine library, but when I really want to indulge, I go to our downtown central library, which is only about 15 minutes from my house, but it feels like I'm really treating myself um, because it's a gorgeous library and it's got beautiful rooms and beautiful views and it really feels like I'm really taking myself out on like a, you know, Julia Cameron's artist date or something. Yeah. I want to go there with you. Yeah, we are. You'll I mean, go. That, that, it looks so beautiful, Sandra. It is. I'd love it, to go there. It is. All right. Um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to pop down to where I have here on seven, Sandra. I, I, crossed, mm-hmm. I crossed out coffee and tea because we were talking about like trying to do things free. Um, I just think having a friend date, yeah you know just having a friend date and which can be a walk a walk and talk yeah so I I do those a lot I have a lot of little um I mean I do coffee tea dates but but just having a friend date and yeah going on a walk or um making time for one another yeah I think that's a that's a free easy one Mm -hmm. mm-hmm um what about the next one cooking you're good at this yeah yeah cooking you know that is obviously you have to it's the price of food but you're gonna eat right and um I so I had a complicated um, relationship with cooking when I first got sober because I love to cook um but I I drank and cooked. That's, that's just what I did. And, uh, so, um, when I first got sober, um, I had to mourn, uh, the loss of cooking for a little while because, um, it was too triggering for me way too in the beginning. And I had to figure it out. Um, you know, I relied on my husband a lot and not that we, carry these traditional roles. I just really like to cook. He'll cook mm-hmm. any old time, but I really like it. I enjoy it. So, um, I had to rely on him and take out. And, mm-hmm. and then when I figured out, Oh, I could, I could load up the crock pot in the mornings. And that completely saved my ass for, for a couple of months. Um, I, I relied on the crock pot and that wasn't nearly as triggering. It's like I could cut my vegetables while I was drinking coffee. It was great. Such a great, this is so awesome, Sandra. Yes. Keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that really saved, saved us, (laughs) saved the family. They were very grateful. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't have to have pizza again. Um, when I figured out the crock pot trick and, uh, or hack. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> so when you reinvented the crock pot in your home, right? Like exactly. using that as a tool. Yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, slowly but surely, um, I started to enjoy evening cooking again, um, without it being, uh, something that was really going to trigger me and what made me want to drink. And I love to cook. I love to search Pinterest and I follow a lot of, of, um, chefs on Instagram. Um, I love to get new recipes because I'm mostly plant-based, uh, now. And that was, that's been a fairly recent switch, you know, about two years now, but still, um, still new enough to where I'm still like seeking out good ideas and, um, and new recipes. And it's just really fun for me. Yeah. Same. It was triggering for me too, for that first, I mean, I quit in February, but I did all through that summer. And by the time the fall hit, I think I was ready to start cooking again. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was triggering and hard and we did the easy thing too. Cause you just do whatever you got to do to survive is what I was doing. Right. (laughs) So that's a great one. Yeah. I forgot about that. I'm going to bring that back into rotation actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one, I don't do a ton of this, but get your hands dirty and get in the soil, you know, plant something or cultivate something. I think that's really a beautiful metaphor for what you're doing with early recovery or recovery in general mm-hmm. um, for people that that's their jam, you know? Yeah. And you know, the thing I like about that, I don't do it as much either, but I do some, especially, you know, about this time of year, but the great thing about that too is you're you're off of social media, you know, mm-hmm. you're not you're not dis- you're not distracted by a bunch of other things. Even if you're listening to a podcast or listening to music while you're doing, you're still kind of in it, kind yeah. of in the present, grounded. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna let this let you kick off this next one, Sandra, since it was yours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I've got. Uh, <laughs> Um, Tammy wrote a list and I've got it on my phone and my phone keeps falling. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So, um, so right. So when I saw instant gratification free of charge, the first thing that came to mind was masturbation. (laughs) Right. Because that says a lot about me, but that was the first thing that came to mind. And I, in the Facebook group, I made a funny comment that it doesn't cost you a thing. And I didn't mean money <laughs> because it doesn't cost you a conversation. <laughs> it doesn't cost yep. you intimacy with another person, which yep. is very hard uh, when you are early in sobriety. We're probably eventually going to do a whole podcast about sex and sobriety because yeah a lot of you guys want to talk about it and we know that um because it's very challenging mm-hmm. um but uh so it yeah it doesn't cost you any intimacy with anyone else when you're not ready for it yet right um yeah and t- talk about instant gratification <laughs> yeah very instant well perhaps very instant no, I thought that was a great tool because it's, um, it's a release, it, but it is, it doesn't cost any money and it doesn't cost anything else. Right. <laughs> it's just for you, completely for you. And that's all I'll say about that. Cause I have much right. to say about that, but uh, right. it's definitely I- a tool in my toolbox is all I will say. Yeah. And I think another, um, woman in the group said, you know, it's a, the, the ultimate act of self-love 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's like giving yourself a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and along, along those lines and in the same vein, um, people were just saying sex, right? Yeah. Sex you're, is a tool with, with yourself, yeah. with others, you know, <laughs> whatever you right. want to do. It is a good tool. And, you know, if you have a lot of baggage around it, like we said, you're not the only one. Yeah. Um, and, but if you don't and, and great tool. Yeah. So um, let's go to the next thing that you love, Sandra. Oh, baking. Uh, yeah. Baking. Yeah. Baking Someone and pie. <laughs> pie, eating, cake, yeah. pie, cookies. Yes. You made me a pie when I came to Austin. I uh, did. About two-ish years ago. And it was just the best to have someone make you a pie. I don't think I've ever had anyone make me a pie. Really? Just like maybe a pie it's just... Maybe it's a southern thing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah, it's the southern thing, but we show up with pie. Tell the <laughs> listeners what pie it was. Oh, I made a buttermilk pie, which um, the tradition of buttermilk pie is that it's only got about four ingredients in it. So it was one of those pies you could make on the cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it has buttermilk in it, obviously, and sugar and eggs. That's about it. It was so uh, good. I'd never had one. Oh, it was my first. Yeah. What'd yeah. you think? It's pretty good, right? <laughs> I, I want to come back and have it. So I want the library. I'm making a list, another list. Okay. <laughs> and buttermilk pie. Okay. Sandra, <laughs> gotta get busy. Um, yeah, that's a good baking. Just, yeah. And in the beginning, I know food can be triggery for people too. So we're not trying to say that, but pick your tool, pick the thing that's for you. For me, baking um, definitely was a tool. Right. Um, I had a big sweet tooth and I needed something else to do and something else to satisfy that four o'clock in the afternoon craving that I wanted, you know, Sauvignon Blanc. Exactly. And it's also, you know, there's a lot of things that could go into baking. Like, like we said, um, you know, you could encompass that into your friend date. Like Mm -hmm. I showed up with, you know, a pie with an aunt for our friend date. Um, yeah, it just brings a whole nother element to that adds a whole nother element to that and then you don't eat all the goods either if you're sharing like i i take cookies and things to meetings sometimes in the beginning i did i don't 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 do it so much in the beginning i needed and and i find that a lot of people in my meetings do that bring their baked goods from home sharing the love right right. it's comforting yeah and and you know if you're trying to do low sugar make that the challenge make all the you know look up all the fun desserts you can make with applesauce or whatever yeah get into it. Just again, it'll, um, you can go down the rabbit hole of that, of baking and just thinking like, yeah, try to find things that are sugar-free. You just kind of like this whole research idea of researching yourself, researching what makes you tick, researching baking, researching writing books or poetry at the library, like really going in and finding out what you dig. Like I didn't, I only dabbled for so long when I was drinking. I just was a dabbler. But when I got sober, I had the time to fill. And so I could go deeper in on some of these things. Right. I love this next one. Um, comedy. Oh, yeah. Comedy. Just laughter. Like try to, you know, redirect, watch something on TV. It's funny or a show or uh, go to a movie or go see improv or, or just laugh. Right. I mean, do you remember... I mean, I can't remember specifically the very first time I had like 
the hardest belly laugh where, you know, you have tears running down your face and, you know, you almost pee your pants, but yeah, I mean, it was, it feels the first couple of times you do that when you're sober, Mm -hmm. it feels so good. Remember when me, you and Natalie met in Austin, um, and back in 2016, <laughs> November of 2016. Yeah, we, we laughed until we almost peed our pants. <laughs> we really did. And we were all still pretty freshly sober. Yeah. yeah. I And just, we knew we were each other's people. We were like, okay, we get each other. This is, yeah, we're on the same page. And, um, and we still do that when we get together. I went roller skating on Sunday and I had a permagrin. Even though I fell and hurt myself, my face hurt at the end of three hours because I had just laughed so hard. Yeah. You know, it's just so, it was, it feels good. And in the beginning, I don't think I thought that kind of laughter was available to me again. You know, you feel a little dark, you know, in the beginning, you've just lost your, your lover, right? (laughs) Your alcohol, your habit, you know? So, um, even if you have to try to um, cultivate it, you know, watch right. something like Amy Schumer, like we talked about, you know, we can right. make ourselves laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that's such a good point because it does feel so earnest in the beginning, like uh, so serious and it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that first, those first couple of, I think it's just essential. Those first few times that you laugh that I think that's why it feels so good. Yeah. Such a release. Yeah. Um, I, I crossed out 13 because we, I put it up there with, with right. baking, but, um, when I filled in there, Sandra, was to pick a word for the year. I know we talk about this in our, um, new year's episode that we did, how you and I both pick a word for the year, but in early sobriety for me, and even still my word for the year guides me. But that first year I picked the word shed. And when I would get down or when I would get, um, in a funk, that word, I would, I would let it kind of guide me and think like, what do I want to shed? These feelings, this, um, how do I shed it? And I have to like, try to find things to leave me. I leave my word for the year on my desk so I could see it every day. And so it's just a small thing, but if you do a word for the year, do you remember what it is? And if you don't, maybe bring it out, you know, put it on your desk and see how that can kind of shift your mood or help you pivot to try to Mm. honor it. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. Okay. Moving okay. on. Next one. Water. Yeah. That is a, a good one. one. Foot soaking, <laughs> hydrating. You, mm-hmm. Oh, you wrote your tea ritual, mm-hmm. baths, yes. all of those things. Silkwood showers. Can you Silkwood tell, showers. tell our listeners about Okay, them? right. The Silkwood shower is, if you remember in Silkwood, when they would get off their shift and they would scrub their bodies, scrub all the poison off their bodies with that mm-hmm. the hot ass shower. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> I took three silkwood showers a day in early sobriety. Mm, like yeah. I remember one January. Um, so it was like I was approaching my year and there's a drought in California, but I, every time I wanted to drink, I got in the shower mm-hmm. and I was like, I'll make it up elsewhere. I'll take the water out of my spaghetti, <laughs> right? you know, and I'll go water a plant later, but I need a shower. Like I need to, a re- it's a major reset button for me, a hot bath or a hot shower. Yeah, it is. It's a mental reset. Yeah. It has l- very little to do with being clean. It's yeah. It's just a <laughs> right. complete mental reset. 
for like sure. Water therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. This next one is a big one. And you talk about this one a lot, Sandra. Oh, sleep. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I slept for nine hours last night. <gasps> mm-hmm. you practicing what you preach. I like, Oh that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, what's so interesting now too, is I, when my body is telling me it's time to shut it all down and go to bed, I don't care if it's seven 30, mm-hmm. listen to that. Yes. I don't push it. I don't feel guilty about it. I listen. I say, okay. And you know, there's still that little niggling thing. It's like, no, you could do one more thing. You could do one more thing. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's not worth it anymore. I just go to bed and it feels so, sometimes it feels indulgent, but sometimes it's just, it is just necessary. I had to go to sleep. Like I remember, um, I'm having all these flashbacks to the first year, but I remember coming out and going, all right, good night, Steve. <laughs> and yeah. He'd look, and he'd look at his phone and he'd go, 530. <laughs> it's, it's 712. <laughs> I'm like, I know. See you in the morning. <laughs> I would go to bed. Yeah. And I would wake up really early. Um, but it's what had to be done. It's just what had it. So like a forced early bed, not even forced. It was just voluntary. But sometimes like when I've hit the wall, I know that just going to bed early is going to be best for me. And mm-hmm. then I can restart my next 24 hours the next morning. Right. And I know there's going to be you, you guys who are going to say, oh my God, sleep eludes me. I'm an insomniac or whatever. And I am so sorry. And I don't know how to fix that. I'm I, it's not that I don't ever have insomnia because I do occasionally, as a matter of fact, that I think that's why I needed to sleep nine hours last night because the two nights before I had a little, my sleep wasn't great. It, I didn't like, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. Um, because I was excited about starting my thing this week. And so, um, that happens to me too, but I make it, I make sure that I make it up on a night and I did last night. So yeah. And naps. Um, I, I am a big proponent. Like I am up from about five, five thirty, and I hit my wall around one thirty or two and I do like a power nap, 11, 20, 11 minutes to 20 minutes. That's about my time. And, um, I feel refreshed. If I do it mm-hmm. any longer than that, I feel sluggish, but I've been trying, I, I've been doing that a lot since, um, since I got sober. Yeah. That's a good one. Okay. Music. Music. That's a good one. It is. You know, in thinking about that, some, I wrote about this on my blog very early on in my blog about music being triggering. And I've, since I wrote that too, I actually have noticed other people that talk about that. And, um, and I got to say that there was some music that was a little triggering for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first got sober, because um, it was that whole sort of, you know, I would use music and to help me go down the nostalgia rabbit hole when I was drinking. It was like one of my favorite things to do. Um, 
when I was home alone and gets, you know, it was, I felt like it was a way for me to get in touch with my feelings. Totally. And, and so when I first got sober, I, there was some, you know, I would kind of innocently put on a record and go, Oh, Oh shit. I can't listen to that right now (laughs) because it would sort of ignite that, that feeling yeah, or I used to drink to certain music. So exactly. Was- yeah, it would it would really ignite that feeling, and so I had to. So there was some music that I had to put the brakes on for a little bit and, and say, Mm-mm, I can't, I can't listen to that right now. It brings up too many feelings um, that involve drinking. Uh, but eventually, um, you know, like things do, like the cooking did, and other things. You know, I could get back to some of those old things, or I could just listen to other things, you know, new things or, um, new bands or, uh, you know, classical music doesn't make me want to drink and, but it, you know, it does something to my brain. Yeah. No, I, um, same country music does that for me though. Those are drinking songs. Um, mm-hmm. those are songs of my youth that make me sad for my family and my family of origin. And, um, but I can only, I've only really started re-listening to them now and they make me, they do make me nostalgic, but I have been picking a morning theme song, Sandra, and pairing it with my tea ritual. And it's just like this fun little tiny thing that I do that I like to do first thing in the morning. And it's kind of, sometimes it goes with my mood. Sometimes it goes with what I'm making or drawing, or sometimes it's just uh, silly or whatever. Um, it makes me happy. Um, to do that now. So I definitely use it. And music, I, I, I used to not ever listen to anything when I was working. I had to have complete silence. And since the beginning of the year, that's changed. So mm. yeah. Yeah. I like that one. That is a good one. So yeah. get yourself, you can change your mood by listening to something maybe that might pump you up or feel, you know, um, yeah, just to change it, to shift it. Right. Hey, Unruffled listeners, just popping in mid-show to remind you about our Patreon fundraising campaign. To date, we have produced almost two years worth of content and have over half a million downloads. We can hardly believe it. If you like what you've been hearing and appreciate our weekly consistency, you can be a patron of this show for as little as a dollar an episode. To donate, please go to patreon.com backslash the Unruffled podcast. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Now back to it. You introduced me to this next one. And I know people would have to have a card to, to have a deck to do this, but um, pulling tarot cards. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my, that's a tool that I use every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps. I think I was reading, I'm reading a book. Tiffany Hahn bought me a guidebook to the Rider Weight. Cards, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been reading a little bit about it and the history and just learning about, um, you know, how it helps you tap into your intuition. Yeah. Somebody, I read once somebody called it uh, Google for your unconscious. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm writing that down right now. Okay, I like that. Okay. So um, I don't really have much more to say about that other than that yeah. you can make it your own practice. And I, I don't have yeah. enough knowledge to tell somebody how to do it. So Right. And it's also one of those things too. I know we've had some friends that are like, uh, you know, I associate weird 
you know, think like, I don't know if I'm that woo or what, what, you know, I, I think you can overthink it. Like you can overthink anything. Um, so it's just one of those things. If it sounds interesting to you, pick up a deck and just play with it. I mean, for me, it's just more for curiosity and fun. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't base my, my day on my tarot card. No, it's kind of a good jumping off point from, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, this next one, I don't really know a ton about, so I don't even know if I, I should, I don't know. Did I, I think maybe a guest talked about this, Koya movement videos. Oh, right. Uh-huh. So that's so. Yeah, they're, um, they're like dance movement videos, but really in its C, wait, I'm sorry, it's Q-O-Y-A. Someone mm-hmm. recommended that one specifically, but really any kind of dancing, yeah, I think would fall under this. Um, we have a friend that does this ecstatic dancing and she actually goes to like ecstatic dancing meetups, but yeah. you can ecstatic dance in your kitchen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, exactly. That's on the list too. So I think that um, Shelly Rickenbach, who um, who I did the She Recovers Gratitude Workshop with, she does ecstatic dance. And I just think that I'm just the name of it. I'm like, I, that sounds interesting. Right. <laughs> I want to be ecstatic. <laughs> right. Positive <laughs> changes your mood. But I've been dancing in the morning um, to my theme songs and it's been fun. Yeah. It's been fun just to move, you know, just to get your body moving. It changes my mood for sure. Yes. Any dancing. Yes. I swear will change your mood and especially, yeah. Put on some eighties music. I dare Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) I love it. Um, I'm going to skip these others because we kind of, those Mm -hmm. Um, mantras came up. Yeah. That's a good one. It's a good one. And I think, um, Mood follows action is the one that um, I heard from Rich Roll, and I'm sure he heard it from somewhere else. Um, but having mantras, grace over drama for me, having little things that I can quickly call into my memory um, that can change my um, direction, make me pivot, um, start the day. I keep mantra cards in my wallet. I keep them on my dash. I keep them, you know, I just make them. Mm-hmm. So make your own little mantras and put them places where you're going to kind of bump into them. Put them on your mirror in your bathroom. Um, yeah, I think those are helpful. Yeah. You know, I think I, we talked about this a long time ago, but, um, you know, in the art store now, of course this costs money and you don't have to do this, but they are kind of fun. You can pick up those little artist trading cards, a pack of those. Those are so fun because they are about the size of a, of a business card. And they're good paper, like some of them are watercolor paper and some of them are, I don't know, I don't know the different kinds of paper, honestly, but they're thicker, you know, and they're just a great little thing that you can paint on or, you know, use your good pens on and they won't bleed through. Yeah. Um, again, just, just whatever that is for you, whatever you're, maybe you have your own, we have a, a, a a friend that listens to the podcast and I watch her Instagram stories and she always says, stay on top. Mm-hmm. And I was watching her yesterday kind of explaining like where she got that from a family member and I loved it. And I was like, I want that. I'm going to start saying that. Stay on top. That's great. Mm-hmm. Just stay on top. Stay positive. You know? Right. That's great. Um, the next one I have, which is near and dear to my heart and with you, um, gratitude practice. 
Mm -hmm. We're in a gratitude circle together, which is important. I, even when I'm not writing on there, I'm reading it. Um, but making a list of things that you're grateful for and help to shift your mindset has been really huge and it's free and it's something you can just sit down and make a little practice out of. doesn't have to be complicated. Don't have to draw or do art with it. Like I do sometimes you can just make a list of three things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I, I've found that from doing that religiously and daily, it has really shifted the way I look at my life. Right. And now there's all those studies that, that say that that is actually for reals, that it kind of changes your, your brain patterns. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do it sometimes when I don't even feel like it, I just do it anyway. Um, because, you know, sometimes gratitude is an action, you know, and just the act of doing that, Mm -hmm. it just, it just helps. I don't, I can't really, I don't know why. I don't really need to know why. It just does. Yeah. It just, like you said, your brain chemistry, it, it just shifts the pa- your patterns. And also more than just like a gratitude practice that could include a list, but the practice actually starts melting into your life. Like I'm grateful for things while I'm out driving. Mm-hmm. You know, you right. just start seeing the world differently. Right. It shifts your perspective. Totally. Um, and you know, like Marianne Williams says, that's uh that's a miracle, you know, yeah. it's just a shift in, in how you perceive things. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a big one. It's free. All you need is a, just a pen and a paper or a pencil and a scrap piece of paper. Like you don't need to make it, um, you don't need to make it precious. Um, this next one is dry brushing. Um, I know my friend Casey did that when she got diagnosed with cancer. I've not done it. Um, I know it's supposed to help for your lymph system? It does help your lymphatic system. You're supposed to take a dry brush and brush your skin towards your heart. Okay. Um, again, in Guru Jagat's book, uh, she gives a little tutorial there. You can also look it up on YouTube and watch somebody do it. Um, but yeah, you can do it like before you get in the shower and it's supposed to help your lymphatic yeah, your lymphatic system. And I think it, you know, it kind of makes your skin feel better. I don't do it religiously, but I do it every once in a while. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next one is meditation, which is a big one. Mm -hmm. It's free. It's available. You always have you, you can always just close your eyes, take a minute and meditate. There's many different types of meditation I know. So yes. And you can get totally fall down the rabbit hole and get super precious (laughs) about it. And if you're a perfectionist, you want to do it perfectly. um, That might keep you from doing it. And that might keep you from doing it or being overwhelmed to start. You don't need any of that. You can just do it. Um, Just sit down and close your eyes and, Mm -hmm. and count your breaths or, or put your hand on your heart and, and feel your heartbeat. Um, some people download the insight timer Mm -hmm. onto their phone and that's a free app. Yeah. I use the live awake, um, Sarah Blondin meditations. Um, not all the time, but I, what I do just talking about not making it precious is that if I don't have time to meditate in the morning, I get in my car and take my son to school and we listen to her guided meditation on the way to um, carpool drop off. Hmm. And it's a good way to kind of like enter the day calmly. Her voice is very calming. You don't have to close your eyes and do it because she's talking to you for a good majority of the time. And then she'll say, close your eyes towards the end. Um, 
I just like the message of her words. I think she's a great writer. And so I like hearing what she has to say. And it kind of can give me a kind of a prompt for the day to think about surrender or trust or whatever it is. Um, but again, or it could be sitting on my couch and closing my eyes, or it could be not getting out of bed quite yet um, after upon waking, awakening and, you know, just doing five minutes there. That's when I usually, if I say that I consistently meditate, that's when I do it. I, I pray and then I meditate. Yeah. Sometimes it's five minutes. Sometimes it's 10. Sometimes I fall back to sleep. Oops. And I think whatever. I think that anyone that (laughs) meditates thinks they're not doing it right. Exactly. I've I've heard that from every teacher, you know, you think you're not doing it right. You are just do it. Just try, just keep practicing. It's a practice mm-hmm. and it's free and it's available and it can be a good reset button if it doesn't drive you insane from thinking that you're thinking too much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one is what you mentioned, um, prayer. Yeah. Yeah. And I have never been a big prayer. I didn't, didn't, I thought I was doing it wrong as well. And I have sitting here, Sandra, the little book by Anne Lamott, um, the three essential prayers, help, thanks, and wow. Mm-hmm. Those can like help can be a prayer. Mm-hmm. You can keep it super simple if you're not into prayers. I I also read Pixie Light Horses prayers, um, prayers of honoring series. I love. I read one of those every day, but I never did that in the beginning because it felt like I didn't know what I was doing. Very much like meditation, mm. um, and that's something I've had to cultivate over the years. And um, now it's a it's the way I start my day, and it feels really good, and it's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have done it since the beginning. But yeah, speaking of small, short prayers, Rob Bell once shared a prayer that was just two words, take this. And oh. yeah, I know he's so smart. And that's a really good one. Um, take this. I love that. Take this. Just take this. Take oh. this off of me, off of my brain, off of my heart. Uh, whatever the stress that I'm ruminating over. I mean, whatever you can expound on it, but you don't have to take this. Mm. Thank you, Sandra, for that. I just wrote that down. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, The next thing is call a friend, reach out. I think that's important. I had down below somewhere texting and I'm going to put those two together, but just reaching out to a friend when you're feeling that feeling, when you're feeling like, um, you need a lift. Mm-hmm. You need a redirection. Um, I find that texting has been like this awesome way to connect me to women. Like, look at you, Sandra. You live in Austin. We're hosting a podcast. We're mm-hmm. we're getting together soon. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's all couldn't happen unless we could kind of communicate. Um, efficiently and and quickly through text in the beginning, I think. Right. And I mean, you know, there's, and there's all sorts of formats too now. There's, you know, just the regular phone texting and then there's Facebook messenger. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I have friends on Instagram that send me those video messages. You can WhatsApp to your Mm -hmm. friends that live across the pond from you. Um, There's just so many so many ways to check in. Yeah. And be seen, be heard, dump your stuff. For sure. Um, And what do they call it in the rooms? Like the 500 pound phone. Sometimes the phone used to feel really heavy, but I think with the invention of all these things in modern technology, um, that's how I use my phone for good. 
you know, it doesn't have to be this evil thing that we're all like, oh, our phones. My phones really connect me and help me stay connected to a sober community and, um, and others as well, but just, and that's definitely a tool in my toolbox. Yes. Sure. Um, someone had mentioned about selfie videos and I wanted to kind of group that in with, um, where did I put it? Um, photography and kind of like proof of life exercises. Mm-hmm. I think taking a selfie or, um, seeing yourself, even if you don't share that publicly anywhere, but I'm sure you've been hiding for a while if you've been drinking, mm-hmm. right? You're not, you're not, um, you're not in a lot of photographs. I would imagine the last few years of your drinking. I know I wasn't, at least I'll just speak for myself. No, no, same. I, I went to go find my picture of myself or something. I can't remember. I could not find one of me. I was going back like years. Like where the F am I? Yeah. Same. Same there. I mean, there were, there would be a couple of years that I have no photos of myself Yeah, unless somebody else just happened right. to, to accidentally, me. <laughs> yeah. To catch so, me in one. I think that's, I, I love that phrase. I've been using it like lately, this proof of life. I have it. Um, take a picture of yourself. You're beautiful. You know, look at yourself, see how you've evolved and changed. Admire how good your skin looks now. <laughs> Totally. I do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. That's a big admire, difference. Admire how hydrated you look. Yes. Very hydrated. Um, okay. We have still a lot to cover. So I'm going to um, mm-hmm. sing. We could probably combine some. Yes. Singing sing in the shower, in the car or anywhere, but singing is a great free tool as well. <laughs> yeah. I sing in the car for sure. I think I'm really Oh, I'm the best singer in the car. <laughs> My son doesn't agree. Clearly. But really good. Um, someone had recommended about YouTube videos, like go watch cat video. Go watch I'm going to, yes, yes. I'm going to take this lump, one. I'm going to lump the cat videos in there. And I just have to say that I really judged people that laughed at cat videos. Same. Um, bef- before I got sober. I did and too, Sandra. I did. I judged, I judged them. people that shared them. I judged people that thought that was funny. I judged the hell out of those people. And now I am one of those those people (laughs) who will, we, my husband and, and, and daughter and I will lay in bed at night. And that's like our thing that we do almost every night is Uh watch cat videos. And, um, that's funny. (laughs) That's funny. That's how you end your night. I love it. Yeah. But and you, do you yeah. think you were just jaded because like people were having fun and you're like, you're ridiculous. Like, Oh, totally everything, everything I, I've ever judged is because I really wanted to be in on it. Right. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Especially, bet- yeah. Vehemently judging, you know, so the thing is because I really wanted to be that person. I really wanted to be in on that. I really wanted that. I really wanted to be the kind of person that could laugh at something so silly. Yeah, I think that's it. My my best friend, she used to share all cat, um, miniature goats, like any kind of you know, porcupines. And I have to say, I was judgy pants about it. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. participate with her in it. And I wouldn't like the things. I was, what a bitch, right? Like when she passed away, every time I see a fucking cat video, um, <laughs> sloth, mm-hmm. like I'm like, Casey. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting the last laugh on me now. And I get it. And it's funny and it's silly. It doesn't have to 
be intellectually stimulating. It can be just that you can laugh, but I couldn't laugh those last few years. Mm -hmm. I was so um, in such a dark place. So that was a reflection. Of course, it's all about me. Um, That person was just living life and having fun. Right. um, And being silly. And I couldn't be silly because I was so serious with what was going on with me and how bad I was, you know, falling into drinking alcoholically. Like I, it was, it was sad. So on the flip side, I love that shit now. (laughs) Yeah. Same. (laughs) I unabashedly love cat videos. People can change is what we're saying here. (laughs) Um, okay. This next one is real quick. I, I do audio recordings on my phone before I go to my 12 step meetings, both are free. So I'm not going to preach about 12 step meetings. Everybody knows I go, I go. Well, they cost a dollar if you know, but you can even not put a dollar in the basket. Nobody's keeping track. Yeah. You can make a donation if you want, but you don't have to, to go. Um, but I do audio recordings. I get about a mile and a half away from my meeting, maybe two miles. And I hit the audio on my phone. I've been doing this since I got sober and I download whatever's in my brain onto that little audio recording. And as I pull into the parking lot, I hit stop. I save it as my little note. I date it, um, hit save. And I go into my meeting. It's like a brain download before I get there. I need to unload that on everybody else. Right. So that I can like, it's like it erases everything for me and does a reset. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I could see how that would work really well because sometimes you go into a meeting and you have something that you want to say so yeah. bad that you mm-hmm. don't actively listen to what other people are sharing because you're totally thinking about when am I going to get my turn mm-hmm. to say this thing? So yeah. if yeah. I've had a bad night or I'm upset with my husband or something, um, you know, just something is going on. I do it into the phone. That way I can hear the readings And that's why I can, what I try to do, and I do now, I didn't know this in the beginning because I was new, but I try to gear my shares, uh, not gear, that sounds weird, but I try to um, share for the newcomer. Right. With the idea that there is a solution. Or that you're on topic, whatever the topic is. Totally. You don't have to be, but. Yeah. And, And if I'm having a super hard day, of course I could share something, but being of service to others, this is where that comes in. That can be of service. Like what you took a seat and you're sharing um, that might help somebody else, or that you've shared a solution uh, rather than another problem. So those audio little downloads, I, I thought I would go back and listen to them, Sandra, and transcribe them. And like, you know, I was going to write a book at one point. Um, they're all just in my phone still. And I rarely ever go back and listen to them. Hmm. They just are a nice place to deposit things, to deposit my feelings. And then it's like, it's almost like writing, but it's an audio version. Like I've just dumped it out. Right. Um, okay. 12 step meetings. Um, Let's see. What else do you want to do? Let's see. Cause we're getting, how about morning pages? That's a good yes. one. Yeah. Do that. So if you don't know what morning pages are, it's a concept that was introduced by, I already mentioned Julia Cameron earlier. She wrote a book called the artist's way. Um, it's a Bible for some people. Um, it's a way to kind of tap into your creativity. And she introduced this concept called morning pages. And it's basically just like a thought download where you just get your journal and your pen and you write a stream of consciousness for some people time it. Some people go three pages. Um, doesn't really matter. Doesn't you don't even have to set a lot of parameters around it. It's really just a brain dump, and um, 
it's really a great exercise. It, it gets those things out of your head sometimes. Um, if you are a person that wants to be a writer, it can unblock you. If you're feeling blocked, it can unblock you in just the life in general, really, if you're feeling stuck on anything. Sometimes I don't know what I think about something. I think Christy said this and I feel the same way. Sometimes Christy, um, Coulter. Sometimes I don't know what I think about something until I write it down. Yeah. I, I think, I think Joan Didion might've said that. Yeah. yeah right. Well. I think it's been said, but it's, yeah. I resonate with that. And totally. so, um, it's uh, morning pages is a good one. It's a good one. And it's one of those things too, you know, it's just like a diary or a journal or, you know, you can call it whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a good way to process. Totally. Yeah. And it's, um, I did that last summer, um, cause I hadn't really done it before. And that kind of stream of consciousness download where you're just writing. And I, and I think you can do it any way you want to do it, but I, I read that you don't go back and read it. And so it was a suggestion. And I thought that's so, um, it's kind of like my audio downloads. Like I don't go back and listen to them. It's almost like I'm purged from my body. Like it's purging. It was purging it. So I didn't even write legibly, which for me, Sandra, the girl who wants to write perfectly and get everything perfect. It was another practice for me to be messy. Oh, right. It's almost like, it's almost like I got it out of my head, but I may not have written it. It might not even be the word. Like I was just writing for three pages, messy, Mm -hmm. which felt really freaking uncomfortable. Right. I have to say. Um, So that's how I did it last summer. And it was really helping me move through some of my anxiety and the feelings that I was having and trying to get this new routine going. So I'll probably do that again this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, let's kind of quickly, I know we're getting long. I'm going to combine. So yeah. Yeah. I'm going to combine three right here. Yeah. Um, any sort of quitlet sobriety mm-hmm. podcasts, sobriety blogs. Yes. Um, you know, those are such, especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't listen and or read enough. Now, eventually I got to a point where it was like, I cannot think about, talk about, consume sobriety stuff mm-hmm. for anymore. <laughs> like I had to put a, put a big pause on it. But in the beginning, it was so helpful. And now I'm just sort of, I feel even about it. You know, if I, there's a new quit lit book that's out that I want to pick up, or if it's somebody, I guess that we're going to have on the podcast, you know, um, I'll definitely pick, pick up a book. I, but, um, or, you know, read another, you know, blogger or another writer's blog Mm -hmm. entry, or, you know, I'm still a bit big podcast person. Um, but those are all just invaluable tools. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything to add to that. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, for me, there's like this little, I'm going to put two together here. Um, the whole Marie Kondoing and rearranging furniture. Um, my word for the year was shed, which I shared earlier when I first got sober and really reinventing my space, Sandra, um, taking it back. I had a big, tall, um, I still have a big, tall red hutch in my living room and I, I was wondering why I was still wanting to drink around six months. And I was talking to a friend of mine that I used to go on walks with. And she said, well, no wonder you want to drink all the time. You have an altar to alcohol in your living room. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, you have an altered alcohol. It's like all your stemware, all your decanters, mm-hmm. you can see it all. I could see it every day. And it had just been part of my decor, part of my persona as a wine bar owner. Like I had all of these things. And I came home one day and I called my sister and said, let's do a power hour, which Gretchen Rubin talks about a power hour on her happier podcast. And it's basically an accountability person. So at one hour, I call my sister when I'm done and tell her like what I did. Um, I took a before and an after photo, but shit like that, like I, it helped me take my space back. It helped me Mm -hmm. remove things. It helped me shed physical weight from my life. And, and clean out your closet. Like if, if you're, if you're feeling like drinking or you're feeling, um, twitchy at witching hour, doing a physical act like that really helped me feel accomplished little tiny, like clean out your underwear drawer. You know what I mean? Right. Like just one small thing or your bedside table, organize it. For me, that was a big tool. It may not be for yeah. everybody, but for me, it felt like I had control. Well, and it, right. And it just gives you an hour or two of, of, you know, of a distraction and you feel so accomplished when you're finished, you can take a job to completion, you know, and and you feel just super accomplished afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, God, speaking of, I know I've told this story, but I remember the first time that I cleaned out our altered alcohol that felt so freaking good. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I replaced, we had a pie safe that was just full of stuff, drinking paraphernalia. And I took it all to Goodwill, save like three, I think I have three stemless wine glasses and that's it. And, uh, I filled it with cookbooks. (laughs) Yeah. And you you get to take control of your life again, your environment, take it back. And it wasn't necessarily about, cause Marie Kondo, I read her book, the magic art of tidying up when I got sober. And you would think that that book would really speak to me with my personality type. You know me, Sandra. It didn't actually because I was kind of already doing that stuff. I didn't like somebody to tell me what to do, of course, because that's a thing. No, I you know? do not. <laughs> I, have, um, I didn't want to. I have it. not picked up that book. No <laughs> surprise here. <laughs> I don't think I finished it, but I, but I got the idea because I thought I'm already kind of doing that. I do that with the January cure, but I want to do it my way, right? Of course, everything's that's what, yeah, my way. Um, but it's still the idea that I could you know, purge old photos. I could get rid of things that reminded me of stuff. I could get rid of concert t-shirts that where I, you know, got really drunk at things that I felt like I was taking like these necessary steps to, you know, how they say like, we do not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Some of it I needed out. I needed the door shut on some, some physical items that, that triggered me. And so cleaning the back of my garage and kind of going through photos and going through old letters and all this kind of stuff. Like I also realized like what I wanted to save and and it got me to see how beautiful my life is and look at all these friendships I've created over the years. Not all of it is bad just because I drank with so-and-so doesn't mean I have to, you know, excommunicate them from my life. I need to work on integration. So it helped me. It just was this thing that was free and that I could do it when I felt up, up to it. And I think it was a really powerful tool, especially for the first year of my sobriety. Yes. Um, I don't know. Is there much more here? Do you see anything else we need to kind of, I think the rest of them are like make art. Yeah. <laughs> make something. Make, make something. Your life is art, you know, make a pie. Yeah. That's art. Yeah. Take photos with your phone. Yeah. That's art. 
make your bed. Yeah. <laughs> make something, make, make, um, create something in your life that you want, which is that, a, is that a menu for dinner? Is that Sunday meal prep? Is that, is that just vacuuming your house? Make it beautiful. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be, um, quote unquote art. Like your life is your art, I think. And I think that's why we started this podcast was to talk about how our creativity and our recovery could, could, um, could intersect, could align, become more integrated. Yes. It's not the separate thing. It doesn't have to be separate. Um, it's just all how you look at it. Right. Exactly. You can be creative with how you dress, how you move through the world. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't have to, yeah, it doesn't, you don't have to put it in a separate box. Yeah. Your handwriting. I always say your handwriting is your font. It's your own personal font. It's beautiful. Write a letter, you know, I don't know. Just, just so many little things that I can see now that I couldn't see. It was foggy in the beginning for me. Um, you know, you're coming out of this uh, deep, deep time of um, kind of self flagellation, <laughs> just kind of, you're not, you're not kind to yourself. I wasn't kind to myself at the, at the end of my drinking. So there's a lot to build up. And I think when one, one thing I would suggest and that somebody did say in the Facebook group, um, and like I did today, Sandra, I wrote these things down to remind me so that when I'm having a bad day, I can go to my little notebook here and go say, oh, cause I wrote down about 50 things. I can go pull one of these things. Mm -hmm. so we're hoping that's what people took away from this today. Maybe we talked about something that sparked uh, something that you thought of that we didn't. So, and if you, and if you did, we encourage you to leave a comment on our Facebook group um, when this episode goes up. Go yes, please. Uh, yeah. I think this is an endless conversation. Absolutely. We can just keep adding. Yep. Um, okay. I think we did it. All right. We did it. Well, that was our toolbox. It's one big one. <laughs> one huge toolbox uh, show today. And, and I know everybody's listened to the end here, Sandra, and we didn't say this at the beginning, but let's do a little, like, hopefully everybody listens all the way through. I'm going to see you very soon. Yeah. So Where are we going to meet up? Let's, let's share. We are going to Portland. I can't even, I, I'm like getting on giddy even just saying it. So yeah. we're going to Portland. Yeah. We'll be in Oregon. Yeah. Going to take Amanda Grace's raw workshop, raw mm -hmm. workshop. We get to meet, or you get to meet Amanda. I get to see her again. I'm so excited. Yep. I've never met Amanda. I mean, I feel like I have, but not, yeah, never. And it's Amanda Grace and she's been on our show before. I think as of today, which who knows by the time this airs, um, she had three spots left for her raw journaling workshop. So you guys can look her up. Um, Amanda Grace Art, I believe is her website. And um, we're going to try to do a little meetup with our Unruffled. So we're working out the details. But if you want to know more about that, um, you got to stay, or you got to get in our Facebook, secret Facebook group so that we can let you know. Right. Because we don't have anything nailed down yet, but we're going to do something. Yeah. And Amanda's site is amandagraceart.com. I just looked it up for sure. You can check it out. Um, yeah, we're going to do something fun. and we'll We're going to do something outside of her. Yeah. Yeah, to be specific. We're going to do something out or to clarify. We're going to do something outside of her workshop too, like a dinner or something. We're yeah. Something. We're working on it. So yeah. um, if you've listened all the way through, <laughs> I wish we would have said it. We're such professionals, Sandra. Yeah, whatever. We're just doing what we do. Um, yeah. That's our news. Um, have a great week and I will yeah. talk to you soon and we can do some planning and scheming and, and planning of outfits, I'm 
much love. Yeah, yeah. More to come about Portland for sure. All right. Bye, guys. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.